Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, October 30th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump is known for his involvement in high-profile police shooting cases, including Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown Jr. Crump says his new book explains how people of color are being killed by gunfire and the criminal justice system. It creates in the minds of people of color that you should accept your lot in life and not protest it. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson speaks with author Benjamin Crump in just a bit. First, the news. The embattled St. Louis County Police Department is receiving a closer examination. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum also reports members of the county council have received an earful from the public about the department's woes. Tuesday was the first county council meeting since a jury awarded Sergeant Keith Wildhaber nearly $20 million in a discrimination lawsuit. And during the council's public forum, a number of speakers expressed frustration with the police department. Wildhaber successfully argued in court that he was passed over for promotions multiple times because he was gay. And Natasha Troop says that outcome showcases the police department's issues with minority communities. Now you got $20 million for don't want gay people in your community. I'm talking, what do y'all want? Y'all don't want black folks, you don't want gay folks, you don't want nobody. The board that oversees the county police department voted unanimously to authorize a review by an outside entity. I'm Jason Merzenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis County Assessor Jake Zimmerman says he will run for county executive. Zimmerman has served as assessor since 2011. He says county government needs a fresh start after Steve Stanker resigned as executive amid corruption charges. Zimmerman's entry means a likely Democratic primary against current county executive Sam Page. Zimmerman believes he has a strong track record. I think this campaign is going to be about vision and about leadership. And I'm excited to talk to the people of St. Louis County about what their vision for this community is. Page is planning on announcing his 2020 bid next month. The winner of next year's special election will serve as county executive through 2022. The founder of the St. Louis College Prep Charter School is accused of over-reporting student attendance to obtain more state funding. State auditors say they found the now-closed school collected at least $1.4 million in extra state aid. Here's St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney. Auditor Nicole Galloway says St. Louis College Prep founder and executive director Mike Malone used two ways to inflate attendance. He counted courses as summer school and remedial when they didn't qualify. Galloway says Malone also manipulated the independent public middle and high school's average daily attendance to be higher than enrollment. Then payments were made based on fraudulent information. And so in my mind, this is fraudulent activity. Malone declined to comment. He resigned last fall when the irregularities were discovered. There's no clear proof he personally pocketed the extra money. The school closed in May. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. And that audit has now been referred to the Missouri Attorney General's office. Your thoughts matter. Tell us what you think about the Gateway by emailing comments to feedback at stlpublicradio.org. 
Most Americans know Benjamin Crump as the civil rights attorney for Trayvon Martin after his shooting death in 2012. In 2014, Crump worked with Michael Brown's family after he was killed by former Ferguson police officer Darren Wilson. On a recent visit to St. Louis to promote his new book, Crump explained to St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson how young protesters in Ferguson inspired him to write Open Season, Legalized Genocide of Colored People. They wouldn't let them sweep Michael Brown's death under the rug. And I remember the governor called in the National Guard, and uh, this young brother who was amongst the protesters was fearless. He had the National Guards with their assault rifles out, and he walked up to him, and they pointing their guns at him, sent a mask with his face touching practically the tip of the assault rifle. And he said, go ahead and kill me now while the cameras are all here because y'all going to kill us when they go away. We want you to kill us now so the world can see how y'all are killing us. Mm, I know that's a powerful image stamped into your mind, but you do break down in your book how you believe the world is killing black and brown people beyond high-profile police shootings. Um, You discuss legal cases that reveal discrimination in almost every system. But tell us what you mean about legalized genocide. With the book Open Season, I endeavor to make sure young lambs and communities of color are well-armed to protest the school-to-prison pipeline, racist Jim Crow laws like Stand Your Ground, uh, voter suppression, well-armed to protest environmental racism that would find young children living in South Central Los Angeles has a third of the lung capacity as children living in Santa Monica, California. So we're talking about genocide, literally and figuratively, that is being promulgated by the law and the lawmakers and the law enforcers. So basically you talk about structural racism and other oppressive systems that people of color endure. But while reading the book, I noticed you pointed out some cases that pushed legislation forward for the civil rights of African-Americans. But what about those cases that you talk about that were not won? What does that say about the value of black and brown lives? I put forth arguments that the government is either complicit with or responsible for creating a genocidal situation in America, especially when you look at the Supreme Court rulings on these issues that no matter what the issue is, it always concludes with black and brown people getting the least of justice and the most of injustice. Whether you think about health care disparities, whether you think about the access to capital issues, the education inequality issues, the courts keep finding creative ways to intellectually justify over and over again. And it creates in the minds of people of color that you are not going to get justice. You are somewhat not as valuable as white citizens, and you should accept your lot in life and not protest it. Well, I'm not sure if you've been keeping up with the news here in St. Louis, but over a dozen children were killed by gunfire um, since the summer, and it's an ongoing crisis here. However, how do you respond when you hear people say, oh, racism doesn't exist because black and brown people are just killing themselves? Well, you know, they always try to raise that black-on-black crime where it's white-on-white crime, too. 
Think about all these mass shootings around the country where little white boys take assault rifles and go kill up uh, large amounts of people. That's white on white crime, but they don't choose to identify it as that because I think it's a conspiracy to make black people and brown people seem as if they're savages because then that way when the government kills them, whether with a bullet or the law, they say, well, it's justified. But the rules seem to be different, as you all know far too well in Ferguson, when it comes to a black person lying dead on the ground as a victim. So you end the book on a positive note with tips to the reader about steps to end racism or combat racism. You offer up a number of ways, but what are one or two of those ways that you believe may be the most effective? Certainly. I think it is within us to make this world better and to give our children an equal opportunity at American Dream. We can't let the enemies of equality win. Uh, We have to figure out ways how we can use the law as a weapon for good. First, admit that there is a problem, because if we never admit it, then we will never come up with a solution. But if we talk about it and we start to act on it, then we have a chance of making a better world for our children. That was civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson. Our Holly Edgel edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Follow me on Twitter at Wayne Radio. My name is Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.